This is the Press Play Podcast, powered by Splinify. Join us as we dispel the mystery that surrounds video, the world's most popular medium for communication. We'll share our expertise and provide the best analyses, strategies, and practices as we show you how to establish brand awareness, create noteworthy educational content, and drive insane amounts of revenue. Here's your host, Derek Gerber. Hello, welcome to another episode of Press Play. I'm your host, Derek Gerber, and today we are so excited to have Sloan Evans, the Director of Corporate Sponsorships at the Sabercats Major League Rugby Team. Welcome, Sloan. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here and chat a little bit about everything. Yes, tell our audience more about who you are and what you do for a living. Yeah, so I am the Director of Corporate Sponsorships here with the Houston Sabercats. We are the Major League Rugby Team for the City of Houston. We've been with Major League Rugby from the start. So the league was established back in 2017. And so we were created along with them with our first season in 2018. So we've been at Chugamong ever since. We just completed our fourth season and our first full season here at our own stadium. We moved into our own stadium back in 2019. So it's been an exciting run. Um, I handle all of our sponsorship agreements. So manage and oversee all of our partners, all the businesses that want to be involved with the Sabercats market with us. Um, and all of the activation that goes along with it. So I started back in July of 2020. So this was my first season with the team itself. And it has just been an absolute blast since learning a new sport of rugby and how we can market it effectively to such a sports-centric city of Houston has been such a great learning curve for me and always a little bit of a challenge, but I've never shied away from a challenge in my career. So this is kind of the next step and challenge I looked for. And I've been able to find it here at the Sabercats. That's been amazing. It's just that navigating a, a career in a in a big, colorful city like that while the sport is coming alive. Rugby being mentioned is one of the fastest up and coming sports for use. It's quickly catching fire in the United States. So as we all look to the new normal, looking to new you know activations and campaigns for your clients really gets us excited. So when it comes to the world of providing you know, even better fan engagement and fan experiences, right? In the new normal, if you would. Perhaps we're heading around into another new normal um, as we uh, all navigate and do the ballet dance in between. What have, what have been some of the conversations that you've had with your clients and your partners about re-engaging the fans and keeping them sparked? Yeah, so... One thing with partnerships in general, and this is even something that became more fast growing even before COVID, is the digital landscape. It's the social media. It's whatever website you can do, whatever extra is on TV and broadcast where traditional partnerships are always logos on a board or an advertisement, something like that. But even before COVID, it was the social media increased way faster than anybody could have expected. And it's how can we ride that wave with y'all? And then in coming into COVID, And we were fortunate to know in advance that we would be able to have at least 50% capacity in our stadium. But a lot of it was, if you are at 50%, how are we going to get that other 50% of your fans, right? How are we going to make up for that 100%? What additions can you do? And that's what you see with a lot of the sports with the, you had to have eight rows blocked off. And so you have all the logos on that. And so it's, showing our sponsors, hey, our LED ribbon boards are TV visible here at our stadium. So our TV side, we can add your logo to that. So you're getting still in stadium for whatever 50% we can receive. But maybe we add that advertising for you to where you're getting our TV crowd. Or let's add you onto a social media campaign. So it's really riding the high of digital, both before, like pre-COVID, but especially during that not knowing in our season. 
And obviously, if you can show any immediate following, you can show that quantifiable number of here's how many people watched your video on our channels, or it got shared by the league's channels, and here's all of their followers. It just gets even better. So that's something that was beneficial this year, but it's been inevitable in the last few years regardless. I love hearing these stories because you are going through this tumultuous up and down uh, experience of where you had consistent fan bases in arena. You You had all of their attention and now it's this weird scattered push out of time and uncertainty and finding ways to be really innovative and creative in that process is where the best of the best have stood out, which is maybe why you're here on the show today. But I love that what you said about your ability to look at what existing properties that you have for other activations and find new ways to bring them to life. I take a special love to sports entertainment and hospitality because I think the world is so fun and so creative. And even during these times of, you know, new normal, if you would, um, you found ways to innovate and bring those stories back to life. And so uh, where where have uh, you found the most excitement? Maybe you could share some of your campaign stories and some brands with us in the audience. But uh, what have been some of the, the more fun activations you've been able to pull off given the innovation you provided for your client? Yeah. So a lot of the, um, a lot of the ones I do enjoy obviously are on social, but one that I have found to be the most beneficial for both the team and the, our partner is a social media campaign that we started this past season that it was sponsored by a local college, um, community college, but they offered four-year programs. And they wanted to show the background of our players tied along to their brand to reach an international client base for them, international students, because they were building their own international business programs or they are study abroad. So they kind of wanted to mesh our international players with them while still being like a Texas Houston brand, but to reach our international fan base. So what we did was a campaign where we highlighted a player's background if they already had an either an established career or if they They were in college themselves right now. So we got to highlight the background of our player. So for instance, the first one we did was with a player who is an attorney right now. So he went through college, went to law school. He is an attorney and he is one of our international players. So we got to highlight Adrian, his law studies and ask him the questions of how is like compare practicing law and preparing for a case to preparing for a rugby game. And kind of getting to show kids that are, it's the debate of, can I balance sports and my future career in my life? How or do I, because a lot of kids and high schoolers or college athletes think I have to dedicate sports. Because if you were to ask a college kid, most of the time, it's what are you doing after college? Well, I'm going to be in the NFL. Like, why are you asking me this question? It's, well, okay, here's how you can balance it. And so being able to highlight our players in their backgrounds, because For us with rugby, it's different from football in the sense of you're not fully padded, right? You don't have your helmet. You get to see their faces every now and then, but you might not know their names and you might not know their background. You might not know the country they're from. So for us, it gave us an easy way to highlight our players through a partner, what they wanted to, what their goals and objectives were. While we also got to meet our goals and objectives for year four was a big initiative for us in the league of we want to highlight and showcase our players. Because like you said, we're still growing in Houston rugby as a sport, but nonetheless, us in the city. So that was probably my favorite way that we got to combine our brand and the sponsor's brand to meet both of our goals. 
Connecting brands with fans through storytelling. I love that. And that's exactly what we're doing here today is that when you go through all of those trials and tribulations to even get on that level, there is still a whole nother life to be had on the back end of that. And that's exciting that you get to bring that to life because every single one of those players has a story as to how they got there. And that relates to the fans in the stands. That 100% helps create relationships and new perceptions of the players. Deeper brand loyalty awareness uh, campaigns going on like that just... It really gets me excited. So is there um, is there another story as to how you've been able to put something together for the future? Maybe something that you're working on right now, uh, given the you know some of the uncertainties, but you're coming out of season. There are, you know, some, some time to think about things, of course. But what are the next plans right now? What's on the table? Yeah, so we have <laughs> we have a lot on the table with a lot of it right now where we stand is adapting from businesses and our current partners and how they're still recovering from the pandemic. And it's maybe this season was kind of a minimal level of brand awareness. We just want to have our name out there with your brand. Um, For instance, a lot of it's like the QSR world with the fast food restaurants of we don't necessarily want to show that we want traffic driving to businesses or we want traffic driving to your games in order to get our brand out there. But we'll, we'll start with a partnership at the bare minimum level and we'll see what we can do next year. So now that a lot of places had indoor dining opening up with fast food restaurants and things like that, it's having the conversations of, okay, they their goals and objectives have switched back to traffic driving to both our games and their restaurants. And now that we can for sure be at 100% capacity for the 2022 season, it's creating those ideas of simple in-stand promotions where maybe it's fan actual physical fan-to-fan engagement, passing something down a road where if you get it to the end of your row first, you win gift cards to this restaurant kind of thing. And so it's come be in your seats, participate in this contest, and then still come to it. So while this last season wasn't a lot of brands weren't, we don't want to even seem associated with traffic driving. We don't want to seem like we want crowds in places, even though that's great for business. Like a lot of our sponsors were like, let's just lay low this year to where when fans are thinking, where do I want to go for dinner? They remember that we partnered with your youth development squad and we, they saw their lo- our logo with your youth team. And now that we can actually have some in-game related stuff, we build on the brand awareness that then turns to loyalty and recall whenever you're making a decision at the end of the day. So that's kind of where we're, I'm laying right now with current partners and future partners. It's kind of almost like business as usual in a sense of you're back to 100% capacity. We have marketing budgets to spend. Let's establish your goals and objectives and how we can incorporate them in a game or online with social media and all the stuff with access to players and everything that was presented or prevented with COVID. Yes, thank you. And you're taking me into the next part is how are you creating programs that take before game, during game, and after game fan experiences and glue them together? Are there any stories or insights you can share around that for the audience? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, even if we want to look on an actual game day of before game, in game and after game, we have, um, we started our own minor league team developmental squad actually this last season. Um, it's called rugby HTX. And we, with that, we also started our own U18 team. So, um, with U18, it's a lot of mainly Houston and surrounding areas, obviously 18 year olds and younger. So mainly the high schoolers that they get to come out here and practice with our Sabercats players and coaches and kind of build our own pipeline. And similar with our Rugby HGX squad, with our developmental, it's the same thing, but it's players from all over the country. 
that love rugby wanted to come play on our pitch. We have the only rugby specific pitch in major league rugby. We have one out of two in the country. The other one is in Colorado. So a lot of rugby players that are familiar with the sport MLR and Houston, they're like, I want to come play on your field, like no matter what it is. So they'll come to, they ended up playing for our developmental squad this year. Um, But all this to say that during our pregame activities, we host curtain raisers on our field. So we will have either the U18 teams playing, our HDX squad playing, or we'll host other local youth clubs um, because all the cities have like their private clubs here in the area. We'll host their own games on our main field. So it's one thing for fans to get to come and watch truly the growth of rugby in our city because we always harp that one of our goals is growing rugby in the city of Houston. And then it's, well, how are you doing it? And this is one way we do. We get a strong connection with our local youth clubs. They get to put on games beforehand. And this translates into easy stuff that can start selling to sponsors that want to have either a strong community presence, but still a presence with our team. And so here's a direct way here with our community and we get to sell. I sold one QSR restaurant. Our um, We did a youth flag rugby series this spring. And so they presented our youth flag rugby games, our championship games. So their logo was on our video board and on our ribbon board. And that game ended maybe 20 minutes before our team took the field to warm up. So it's kind of like a bonus advertising in a sense for our actual MLR games. So that's a lot of like the pregame, then the transition to in-game. And then After the game, it's uh, highlighting and getting it all on social media and kind of using that digital platform to transition into the future and how it can go to next week's games and so on and so forth. So that's a long-winded example, but also something kind of cool that we're able to do here in Houston to ride that, extend those partnerships outside of just our game days. You literally just defined best practices from start to finish, and that is best in class from everything that I know. Yes, if depending on your brand, what you're trying to accomplish, if you want a strong local awareness and loyalty to your brand, it starts in the community. It doesn't start with, hey, just come buy my stuff because I'm here. It starts with those little interactions that mean the most. And just leading into the game like that, that's a super powerful momentum to keep them even more engaged. The kids go home, they look at your social media, they see the videos of their favorite players, they show their friends, I was there. Mm -hmm. And then there's your logo helping support the content that's been pushed out there for the client side. So it's like maximizing value all the way around, bringing the kids up right, but then also getting into the game time, finding creative ways to to put logos in new areas, finding a way to get some snippets on live TV for you and their local broadcasts and national broadcasts and everything else. And then again, at the back end of the day, there you back are on social media, scrolling, uh, winding the day down, if you would, seeing it again. That's an all-day type of an experience with a brand that you'll never forget. So I do love hearing that type of story right there. So what would you say now? I love to bust some myths on the show here. So let's bust some myths here. Um, What would be some of the myths that you think commonly surround a sports sponsorship in general? Um, What have been some of the things that you've heard that maybe you've overcome or totally proven wrong? Or maybe you even had a perception a long time ago that it's changed over time. Yeah, I will say the biggest one is transactional selling, I guess would be the best way to put it in just like two words and changing the whole category of a sponsorship or the department of sponsorship to partnerships. That's why it's like, I want to, I don't, if I reach out to a business, it's, I don't want you to be a sponsor. I want you to be a partner. We're going to help each other grow. 
and that it's not a transactional, you give me X amount of dollars and I will put your logo on a billboard in the outfield, right? Or I'll put your logo on our rotating boards. It's how can we truly partner together and how can we do it where it's not transactional in the sense that it's not just the season or it's not just in our two-hour rugby game. It's through either our community or our summer camps with our youth groups, or maybe we have the players that stay in town that are local, come visit your business in October, whenever we're not in season and people aren't viewing us as rugby isn't a thing. We're in NFL, we're in the MLB World Series world, we're starting looking forward to the NBA. Rugby isn't on people's radar, but we can still draw attention to our team and your brand. So how do we make it a year round thing? And I, I think traditionally, or for me, at least growing up watching sports, I've always loved sports and I've always wanted to be working in the sports world. I didn't realize I wanted to do sponsorships till I was a junior, sophomore, junior in college, but it was, um, you see their brand and you're like, oh, they paid X amount of dollars to be on the left field Crawford boxes at Minute Maid Park, but you don't really realize all the other connections around it. And so for me, my biggest goal entering this world was how do I help businesses while also helping our team? So how do it's all the whole can be getting creative and finding, I always get back to goals and objectives, but at the end of the day, you're trying to help a business benefit, get their return on investment, all those buzzwords while also helping the team, not just on like, the, yes, the cash investment is great, but can we mutually grow our brands? And for us being still new in Houston, it's finding those brands that can also help us grow, whether it's, the local popular sports bar that can host all of our watch parties that people are going to be at on a Saturday night regardless, but then they get to see rugby. See, all I've heard during this whole interview is all about building relationships that matter. So that first myth right there that it's all just some transactional business, you throw money over the wall and things happen, that's not true. You've been starting to build local awareness, I don't know, very long lasting relationships, right? You know, you will not forget the moment you were in the VIP box or on the field with the players, but you also won't forget the the program that you ran with the kids in the community and the local watch parties you had. So you're really investing in so much more than just slapping a logo on a field. And I want people to understand that from this interview is that it takes a lot of, let's just say, intimate relationships to make things happen already to, you know, to do things right in the business world. But when you walk into a new arena like this with a platform and the amazing people surrounding it, life becomes very colorful very quickly and all sorts of friends come out of the woodwork. And so building those relationships so it's not transactional that's what that, I mean, that's the myth is that it's not just that you're not just slapping a logo on something. You're really there to build out that relationship with the fan base and then all of management on your team, of course. So <laughs> yeah, just, and you definitely that. will run into those people. That's like, I want my logo there and I'll pay you this amount of money. And you're like, all right, my job just got two times easier. Here's the contract. We're good to go. But you don't always run into that. And that would be not the ideal way, I guess, of doing it. That's right. We see it happen more often towards the solution relationship building side, if you would. You have a solution available for me. So I love that. What's uh, what's another myth that you would say would be most common uh, to, that we could address, that we could bust? Oh, um, I would say that, and I guess this maybe will goes to the first one, is that it's easy in the sense of the time, right? Like a lot of people think that it can be a quick turnaround or a week long relationship or conversation that will turn into a sponsor the next day. And it kind of goes back to the relationship building, not necessarily in the transactional sense, but from even if it's a local mom and pop shop, it's they're trusting you with their marketing dollars. 
And so you have to establish that relationship and show them why it's worth it. It's not easy to get a quick yes, no matter how big or small you are. Because people see it as, well, we're a professional sports team. I really not want to sponsor with us. And it's absolutely. And we can make their budgets work at the end of the day, but it's still a big decision. And we do have to show people that it is a good fit and that it's right for everybody. And so I think that's the biggest thing is it takes, I mean, years for some partnerships to come into fruition. One example, not for us, but we just saw obviously the Saints and now have Caesars instead of Mercedes, right? But for their stadium rights, but that turned reading about it. It was, this has been years in the making. So they had to know years in advance that one Mercedes wasn't returning, but two, that they had to find a brand and build that dynamic because that is hundreds of millions of dollars that people are having to spend. And so even us at the, while we're still professional, we're obviously at a smaller professional level, but trying to show people that their money is they're They'll get what they're spending. They're getting what it's worth. And so it's, Time is not always your friend, one, but it's not a quick turnaround and you can have as many touch points as you want and you can push as many deadlines for activation. And if you do want your logo out there by game one, like, unfortunately, we do need to have an answer by this date and it just doesn't work that way. That's right. And that's well said because basically it's not just turnkey, you just show up and it's ready 24 hours later. We just spent this whole segment talking about building relationships. So if you're, if you're just there to put a logo on something, that's one story. But if you're trying to do it right and you're trying to build that fan base and build yourself out in the community, just like the Saints and the Caesars examples you gave us, that was a strategic business decision. Yes, it costs money, but what's going to be the effect of that branding in the local community? Every time that you talk about the stadium now, you're going to hear that on a worldwide scale. So I think like how you look at it takes me into my third myth that I want to talk about specifically, because I know you've dealt with it, but pricing, um, people think it's really expensive. You know, when you talk about even making explainer videos like Explainify does, oh, I could make videos for $500. Good for you. You should go do that. We don't do that. We uh, we do custom animated premium videos, and that's meant for people who want to have that type of look on their brand. And so the world's largest brands trust us for that type of experience that we have. So when I come to you and I'm looking at getting involved in the community and I want to build those relationships up and build our brands together, tell me more about busting the myths of price and how you've been a little creative and flexible to provide even more value for everybody. Yeah, I mean, price is... That's a great, that's a great point. One, I will say with, and again, it goes back to partnerships, right? I always try to build a very well-rounded package around what people are interested in. So if they, let's say they came out to a game just to see what branding and advertising looks like um, for a game day. And they come back to me and say, I like how that logo was here on your replays. And I like the ribbon boards, but maybe I don't have ribbon board money. But I also like that they got a setup over here in your stands. So what can I do but for X amount of dollars? And I'll be like, all right, to be quite honest, your budget doesn't necessarily meet my rate card because I have like an informal rate card I like to try to work off of. But that's why partnerships and packages often like to work. And so it's maybe you can get four games, you get your logo here or there and kind of maneuvering around it. But it's a common misconception that pro sports, oh, I need to have millions of dollars established in it. And it's, okay, even if you only have 10 or 15, here's how you can effectively be into our game days and kind of going around it. But 
one instance we actually had with pricing yesterday. It's not necessarily sponsorship related, but it's in relation to a sponsor we have. It's a local um, convention and visitors bureau. They're bringing in a flag football tournament that they're wanting to host within the city, but we own our stadium. And so one benefit that we have of owning our stadium is we get to host external events that aren't our rugby games. So we're actually, we're hosting, um, and the AFFL is hosting their tournament here throughout the rest of the month, starting this, this weekend or next weekend, um, the next three weekends throughout the end of August. So we get to actually have people come in and rent our field. And so it's a misconception of, oh, how much is it to rent your main field? And then whenever we throw out that number, it's to rent a field. And then it's, well, yes, but you're also renting like the most well-maintained field. We one like if it's rugby, it's the only rugby specific pitch in MLR, the second in the country. Like here's all this value behind it. But so that was just one instance that we had recently with it. But it's a lot of the misconception or the miss for pricing. We have to go in the back end and like you said, kind of show that value. Um, so for in any any in stadium signage, but I specifically keep referencing our ribbon boards because they are TV visible. Well, we have a partnership with AT and T Sportsnet here in. Houston, but it reaches throughout five different states, Texas and surrounding that you get that on our broadcasts. You get it for all of our fans that are inside of the stadium. And recently, uh, the MLR partnered with um, the Rugby Pass to create the Rugby Network, which is a website that is our own OTT platform, essentially. And so we stream all of our games. If they're blacked out locally because we're on ATT Sportsnet, it's still streamed internationally. But then all of our games live on the rugby network, similar to like an ESPN Plus type. So I could go in today and still watch our home opener on March 20th and still see every brand that rotated on that ribbon board. And so you're not just paying for like, yes, that price is high, but you're not just paying for the two hours that fans get to see it in the stadium. You see it for the two hours of our broadcast that even if we are not on AT&T that Saturday, we're replayed that Sunday. So then it's on two hours that Sunday for whatever restaurant or sports bar is showing it for their Sunday night viewers and anyone at home and on the rugby network for all of our international people. So like if we're being honest, the price is valued so much higher, but we'll, we'll give it added in stadium value and kind of find a way to make it work. So. It's back and forth on pricing of, oh my gosh, you're so expensive, but here's all the value I can show you that it's worth it. Or we're professional, but we're not the other local professional teams when it comes to our pricing. That's right. And you know, there's there's no reason to apologize when you have a reach like that. That's for sure. And so as we, we start to like come around the corner on this whole conversation, you realize that you can be creative as you need to tell the story. If you want those relationships, lifelong relationships, it doesn't just happen in a week. It might take you a couple months. You're going to have to go shake some hands and put some creative I don't know, assets and activations up on the billboards, on social media and everything else, that investment into the fans is exactly what's going to take a little bit of time. They don't look at your logo once and then just get it and remember you forever. They're going to need to see it quite a few times in order to understand it. Sometimes people argue that you need to see it seven times before you even recognize it because we hit with 6,000 ads a day these days. So we want to make sure that the ads are genuine, the activations are engaging, but most of all, retentive. Is that worth a dollar? That's certainly worth a couple dollars. And I think that's kind of where I like to leave it. So let me ask you, Sloan, what's next for you? What are you excited about coming around the corner here? And what's what's new for the Sabercats coming up if we want people to get involved with your platform? 
Yeah. So one big thing for us is we recently hired a new director of rugby, um, Heineke Meyer. He is from South Africa. And so that is a huge benefit for us wanting to grow our rugby teams or like I mentioned, our developmental squads with HTX and our U18 teams. He will oversee all of our rugby growth from the Sabercats to HTX to U18. But he'll also bring that strong knowledge of the South African rugby. He was a head coach of the South African rugby team in the Rugby World Cup back in, I think, 2015. And so that insane level of experience is going to be such it's a strong benefit for us. And it'll help us get to that to the trajectory that we want. Um, we'll enter 2022 having our last two home games for 2021 broke our stadium attendance records. So even still during COVID and building the new sport of rugby in Houston, we can kind of only the only place we have is up is we ended the season stronger than pre-COVID season numbers. And that's just, it's mind-blowing that we grew so strongly still during a pandemic. And obviously, fingers crossed and knock on wood that 2022 will continue to lead towards 100% capacity and growing bigger and stronger. So our off-season is really just keeping that momentum going and still informing people of the sport of rugby and who we are within Houston. We're able to get out into events again and bring our players that are local to these events. So you'll be able to have one-on-one interaction with the Sabercats and our players. And then just kind of keep it rolling as players return. Our international players should return end of November, December, and we'll transition into preseason and have hopefully the first um, week beer on the second week of February. So we're excited just to keep it rolling. All about just making progress and making progress together as we're all in this together. So there's no hiding, which is a part of the inspiration of this show. It's how people are finding their way through the new normal, through content, through video mainly. But really, all of this has been about storytelling and relationship building. And that's what I love. So thank you so much, Sloan, for joining us on the show. We'd love to have you again in the future. For the audience, please click subscribe, like it, come on, follow us, build a following, build a fire, support Sloan here. But uh, again, I've been your your host, Derek Gerber, on behalf of Explainify. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. <laughs>